Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. In 2015, the meal kit delivery company known as HelloFresh opened up a factory kitchen in Richmond. And since the pandemic began, sales of these home-delivered meal kits have skyrocketed. But many of the workers packing those meals say they feel invisible. I know people receive the kits, but they don't have any idea of how we've been treated in the company. Today, the Richmond workers behind your HelloFresh meal kit who are now fighting for a union. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. So HelloFresh is funny. It's like they're, they're not a tech company, but they have that kind of tech company feel. Sam Harnett covers tech for KQED. And the pitch is basically, it, this is going to make your life way easier, right? You're going to get these meal kits and you're going to be able to make a great dinner super fast. But it's also going to be like healthy and fresh and you're still cooking. Um, and it also has this sort of progressive veneer around um, sort of local food and sustainability. Um, and that's pretty much the way it markets itself. I mean, if you look at their, their, their ads, um, they use the word magic. Like they talk about there's this magic that happens behind the scenes and then, and then you get your product, which I think is a really classic tech pitch. Box. But it's not just any box. This is a HelloFresh box. It just arrived at the door and it's about to make someone's dinner time. It may look pretty simple, but there's a lot of magic happening behind the scenes. Take the easy to follow recipes. Each week, our How has business been going recently? Are they growing? 
Oh, business has been booming. I mean, this is a company that wasn't profitable at all before the pandemic. They were always running at a loss. Uh, in 2020, they profited over $400 million worldwide. Um, so they went from a company that, you know, wasn't uh, in the black to a company that has a, a lot of revenue. And they're, yeah, they're adding uh, workers at their factory kitchens and they're, they're pumping out way more meal kits than they were pre-pandemic. So for this story, you talked to workers at a, at a Hello Fresh factory in Richmond. Can you tell me about that facility? Who works there and, and what kind of work do they do? So I talked to several workers at this factory. Um, it is mostly uh, people of color, a lot of uh, immigrants or second generation folks. The people who work there are happy to have the work. You know, I mean, everyone who is who I talked to was like, yeah, it's, you know, nice to have a job in my community. Like a lot of the workers I spoke with actually live in Richmond. Um, and what they do at the factory is is they prep the kits. So, you know, they're at these stations, right? And they're at like the potato and carrots station and all day they're taking the potatoes and carrots and putting it into the packaging and then putting it into the meal kit. The work looks easy, but doing same repetitive uh, movements like for eight hours is painful in our backs, our shoulders. So Lily Vasquez is a worker that I talked to. She's been at the company a while. Um, she's been there five years. And she's really seen this change from, you know, kind of a smaller company doing way fewer, fewer meal kits to, you know, now during the pandemic, just being growing like crazy. And, and Vasquez's story is that she, you know, she's really pro-union right now because she feels like in this growth, she's just sort of been left behind. That's why we are organizing the union because or we're not feeling that the company cares about us. She feels like the workers aren't sharing in, in all these profits uh, and, and increased business that HelloFresh is having. And, and, you know, a lot of her complaints are about, like, the working conditions, you know, she says hard on her body. And then she also says the place has been kind of uh, chaotic and disorganized because everyone's rushing around to meet these quotas. This workplace has become very dangerous for us. Got a co-worker that had an accident on August 23rd. She broke her arm. She tripped on a pallet, and that pallet had uh, plastic on it. Her feet were tangled, and so she fell down. It was really, really bad, the situation. Okay, so work for Lily Vasquez and others has gotten way more intense because so many more people have been ordering from HelloFresh. There's also the danger of just getting sick with COVID-19 as well on the job. Did that happen? Yeah, I mean, I think like everywhere uh, where workers were in, indoors in close proximity, you know, there was a lot of fear when COVID first happened. Everybody was talking about it all the time and hearing those these rumors that Someone got COVID. And then the fear was justified. Uh, there was a very large outbreak at the factory, 171 confirmed cases in this one big spike. Lily Vasquez actually got COVID herself. She got it after the large spike and she brought it home and she infected her son and she was living with her mother and she was really worried because she was elderly. So she had to send her mom to live with relatives. Because we live in a kind of small apartment. So... She had to go somewhere else. So it, you know, it was one of those things like workers were worried about it. And Lily told me, you know, the factory 
is the same factory as where she started, but there's way more workers and way more in way closer proximity. So she was really worried about it. And, and it turns out that that, yeah, there was reason to worry. And so how would you kind of sum up the way some of these workers are feeling? So I talked to one more worker about the union effort. Uh, his name is John Youngston, who I think really succinctly said it. We're just basically tired of being treated like machines rather than human beings. This is like a, a complaint that goes back to like, you know, the early days of industrialization, right? Like a worker's feeling like I don't, I'm, I'm not being treated like a person. I'm being treated like kind of an automaton. We want to be as happy coming to work as the owner is to receive the daily profits associated with me and my coworkers coming to work every day. I think at the most basic level, they're asking for more say on the job. You know, it's the classic desire of, of folks searching for a union. And then on top of that, they want to share in some of the growth. And I think, you know, things like wages, uh, you know, and feeling like they're getting some of the profits that this company is getting. But on top of that, it's just you know, because the company's growing so fast, they want to make sure that as workers, they can say, hey, this feels unsafe or, hey, we don't like the way that you're, we're, we're doing this. Let's do it differently. What exactly is happening when it comes to their unionizing efforts right now? Like, where are they at in that process? Yeah, so the workers are are unionizing with a, a a union called Unite Here. They're gearing up for the vote, which is expected fairly soon. We don't have an exact date yet. It's two factory kitchens, one in Colorado and then one in Richmond. Um, if they win the vote, they'd be the first unionized workforce in the meal kit industry. It's a powerful time for workers to stand up and fight for a union. So I spoke with Jessica Choi, who's a deputy director with Unite Here, and she was talking about how it's really important for unions to to be there for these kinds of workers, because this is how the service economy has shifted. I mean, she talked about, you know, with the pandemic here, uh, a lot of their union members at hotels and in airports had been and and in restaurants had been laid off. And a lot of the work had moved to these uh, on demand and delivery services. It's really important that we organize industries like this because as the food supply chain gets farther and farther away from the consumer, the working conditions are able to be worse. What has HelloFresh said and done in response to this effort by these employees to unionize in Richmond? A HelloFresh spokesperson responded to a request for comment with a statement that said, our employees are critical to everything we do, and we prioritize their health, safety, and well-being above all else. So, you know, HelloFresh is, I think they're they're not coming out, you know, publicly uh, against the union very directly, but they have hired anti-union consultants and they have are having these closed-door meetings where they're talking to workers. Um, I've also seen the filings that show that HelloFresh has hired uh, an anti-union consulting firm called Culture Consulting. And then I've also seen photos posted on social media of an anti-union presentation that was being given to workers. Which again, this is all very classic, like it's legal. You know, this is, <laughs> goes all the way back to the Taft-Hartley Act. Like this was made legal. You know, employers are allowed to have captive closed door meetings and to tell workers why unions are bad. I mean, what's interesting, I think, is, again, this is like a, a company with that sort of new tech branding, and they're very, um, they do a lot of advertising on social media. Like, you see HelloFresh uh, on Twitter and Instagram. On podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> big time on podcasts. <laughs> like, they really tapped into sort of the influencer network. Mm. And Unite Here, the, the union is sort of fighting them on that front. Like, they're calling them out online, and, and they've they've had gotten a lot of traction. And you're getting people online 
a lot of younger people saying that they want to cancel their service. Now, who knows if they're actually going to do it, but but they're, you know, customers are, are venting online and customers are starting to ask podcasts to stop advertising with with HelloFresh. And there are mm. uh, there's at least one podcaster uh, which has says it's dropped HelloFresh as an advertiser. Wow. So there has been some backlash, it sounds like. Yeah, there's also a whole other thread with folks with disabilities who really love this service, just like they love love services like Instacart because they fill a need that our society doesn't provide for them. Uh, and online, you know, folks with disabilities have also been calling out HelloFresh, basically saying like, hey, this service is great for me, but but like I don't want to get food from a service that is trying to bust a union. You've talked on this show plenty of times before about workers um, of the kind of OG gig economy, workers for companies like Lyft and Uber, um, kind of fighting for more protections while these companies just kind of grow and grow. How is this case with HelloFresh different or similar to those stories? So HelloFresh is way easier to unionize than, say, Uber, Lyft, or Instacart, uh, because the workers at HelloFresh are employees, right? The workers for those other services are still being contentiously classified as contractors. So in one way, HelloFresh is, is more traditional because it's employees working in a factory, so it's more traditional than the quote-unquote gig economy. But in another way, it is, is more kind of you know, futuristic in, in, in the sense that this is a service you know, uh, food delivery service where the labor is totally obscured. We've had labor being obscured in manufacturing for decades, right? Like our clothes are made in places where we never interact with the workers. But in the service industry, that's not been the case as much. You know, you see the waiters and sometimes even see the cooks in a restaurant. You see, you know, hotel workers. You know, you see people at the grocery store when you go into shop. But these services are providing a way to obscure that labor. And that is something, you know, totally new. This like, where is this model of this on-demand um, service economy where are we headed as a country with that model? I think that, you know, that's a very Bay Area story. Sam, thank you. Cool. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's show. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about it and follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss the next episode. We're also on Twitter at The Bay KQED. Thanks again to Sam Harnett, who covers tech for KQED. This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by our editor, Alan Montecilio. It was scored by Kate Wolf, who also added the tape and provided additional production support. And I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Fatah from Throughline. 
If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.